Welcome back to The Urban Monk. I am so happy to be in studio with one of my dear friends, JJ Virgin, who now lives a little closer to me and is visiting. Hi. Yeah, why don't you come visit me? No, because I got, I got small kids. Oh, I, I get to pull I get that. to pull that card that. all the yeah. time. I'm uh -huh. like, yeah, kids, you want them over? Sure. <laughs> if you bring the grandparents. If I bring the grandparents. Actually, you can just leave the grandparents with me. Yeah. Oh my you, God, You right? scored. We like. we took a trip uh, where uh, JJ came on this uh, this this was it where did we go Cancun we Cancun went to Cancun yeah I was like I can't even remember these trips anymore and I t I brought my mother in law and my parents to be there with with the kids and um, JJ was just like I I've never seen anything like this because my parents were just there and very supportive the whole time it's just it's a it's a Persian thing yeah right it's, man I, everyone needs some Persian parents seriously yes seriously they they were really good and so they loved you and they were like so now you're part of the family good. right I. I definitely want to be adopted. That's yeah, good, good. You're in. <laughs> so, so this is the first time you're actually here. So I know, nice to job. Our abode. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's, this is I spent a lot of time here. I haven't used the swords yet on anybody. I looked so. at that and I first thought it was Hello Kitty, but I was wrong. <laughs> it's close. It's Chinese Hello Kitty. That would have been Totally, my version. Pedram has a few things about him I didn't really understand. Yeah, so you. You're, I, I love the fact that you are now doing what I've been doing for a couple of years, and so we can relate. Well, because you, you were doing it, so I wanted to do it too. Oh, got it, got right. it. Trendsetter. Yeah, um, so JJ has just finished a movie, and it's uh, really, really good. I, I, I'm in it, because, that, that, because I'm in it. No, it you because have a leading role in it. Is, is it a leading well, role? Well, you know what? Doing? You really help us connect the dots in the movie. So, Excellent. yes, there Excellent. you go. I, enjoy, I uh -huh. enjoyed it. Actually, you had a good crew, and it was wonderful. And now you know what it's like to make a movie. Yes. Oh man. Yes. yes. Oh, when man. I said, I think I'll do a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> These other guys are doing it. It's oh, a lot of work. I'll do it's that. It's a lot of work. Well, it's also a painful subject for you. Yes. That's what I didn't think about is yeah. this documentary because it's a story of what I went through that I was going to get to revisit every single thing over <sighs> and over and then deal with things that I actually had kind of avoided. Mm. So there was that. Oh, so it dug it up for you. Okay, so let's get in the story a little bit, just because um, I think a lot of my audience knows you, but I'd say a fair, a fair amount of people who, from my other universes, might not know who you are. You know, health and wellness, uh, nutrition celebrity guru s, right? Who's been in that space, and then lightning strikes. Mm -hmm. Well, and it was really crazy when lightning strikes because uh, or struck. Because I was getting ready to come out with what became my big book that everyone knew me for, and it was a couple weeks out, and you know what it's like when your book's coming out, right? Less <laughs> so, sleep. So yes, yeah, so my book is is getting ready to come out. I've done a PBS special, so I've got that lined up. I had taken the advance, the entire advance, all my savings, and then borrowed to make sure that this book really got the lift off that it needed to get out there in the world, because uh, books don't just Get sell out themselves. There. They, they don't yeah. sell themselves. Yeah. And so I just was like, this is it. I'm going to go for it. And I'm one of those all in kind of people anyway. So it's, I'm all in. And it's a couple weeks before it's about to pub. And I come home and I have two boys. They're 15 and 16 at the time. And my 16 year old um, is bipolar and he has good days and bad days. And it was a bad day. And so I come mm -hmm. home and he's mad. He wants to go to martial arts. He hadn't gone to school. And I'm like, no, you're not going. You didn't go to school. Got mad, stomped out of the house in his bare feet, nothing, you know, no identity, nothing. And it's dusk. And the next thing I know, my 15 year old comes running into the house and said, mom, Grant got hit by a car and airlifted to the local hospital. And my ex-husband and Bryce and I rushed to the hospital. We cannot find out anything. He's a John Doe. 
I mean, if we hadn't, if my ex-husband and Bryce hadn't seen the accident, he would have died at that hospital because no one knew who he was. So we get there and they usher us into a conference room. So you can imagine, right? Airlift ushered into conference room, like, and, mm. and they're asking us questions. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, what is going on with my son? And they said, your son has a torn aorta. Now that's what killed Princess Diana, kills 90% of the people on the scene. And his was an onion skin at that point. They said, it's gonna rupture sometime in the next 24 hours. It's got to be repaired, but he's got multiple brain bleeds and it's a very specialized surgery. We don't do it here. Plus he had 13 fractures. He literally, when we saw him, he had bones sticking through his skin. He is covered in road rash, glass, I mean, glass. I was picking glass out of him for months and gravel. Mm. And so we found out that there was a surgeon who could do it a couple hours away at Harbor UCLA and they go, you know, he, he's never gonna survive the airlift. And even if he did, he won't survive that surgery. And even if he were to survive both of those things, he'd be so brain damaged that it wouldn't be worth it. And I'll never forget those words. I'm looking at him like, wouldn't it be worth it? Worth it? Worth it. Yeah, it's like, you know, so. You're not a mom, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a parent, you're like, and, and my son Bryce mm. is looking at him, and Bryce, who is my, you know, super smart math guy, he goes, so like a 0.25% chance of him making it. And the doctor goes, it's about right. And he goes, we'll take those odds. And uh, I know, attaboy. And we were like, we're overruling you. That's it, we're overruling you. So we did, and we got this doctor to accept the case, which in itself was a miracle, because it's now midnight, and this doctor had to organize five surgical teams, get a hold of the stint that he had to put in Grant's aorta, that by the way, was part of a study that had, been, that had ended. So he had to find the stint, get it flown in, use it even though it was not approved for children. He said, I figured I would ask for forgiveness After. <laughs> once he was alive, right? And uh, we drive there not knowing if we're gonna pick up a corpse, what was going on. And While he's getting airlifted, He's getting drive. airlifted, we drive. There was no room on the airlift, which honestly, I think I would've, I would've passed out on that airlift. It was, you know, it was so scary. So I drive there, we get there. There are five surgical teams, it's full game on. We walk in, that one doctor said, you the mom? Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what, you what gave you that idea? He goes, I got this. He goes, I do this all the time. Guy was thrown off an overpass last week and I fixed him. I go, don't worry, let me show you where I'm going to do this. And I, you know, later on, I'm like, oh, he was just trying to keep me from freaking out. But he went, he took us to the, uh, the OR. He goes, he'll be in here, I've got this. You just go to the waiting room. I'll be in in a couple of hours to tell you it's all fine. That's really, really interesting generalship of emotion for a doctor. He is, we, wow. we, he is in the documentary as like the hero. I'm like, every, you need to teach classes on this because, you know, hey, he didn't know, right. but he knew what I needed. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't gonna help the situation to have me panicked and freaking out. In fact, I went to the waiting room and had to write blog posts for this discovery show I was doing. So <laughs> I'm up there writing those because I'm like, I gotta get this deadline. Um, and he, he comes up and he goes, okay, he's fixed. It's all good, this aorta's totally repaired. He goes, now, I'm just the plumber. I have no idea if he'll ever wake up. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, you know, you're like, yay, oh shoot. What? So, we go to see Grant and we see these neurosurgeons and they're like, we don't think he'll ever wake up. And they're just like, I, I was just like, you know, not listening to you. And um, 
I go in, I'm holding, the only thing I can hold is one hand. Everything is bandaged and raw and, you know, he's got the ventilator and the tube out of his head and the central line. I mean, it's just beeping and, and, and he's in a coma and it's just, just, I mean, there's pictures in the, in the documentary that people like, I go, you know, it's, it's brutal. And I'm holding his hand and I'm looking at him and I said, you know, Grant, we love you. Nothing. I go, Grant, your brother loves you. Squeeze. I said, Grant, I floated out another name I knew he wouldn't care about because I'm like, I felt a squeeze. Let's test this. Then I said, Grant, your girlfriend Mackenzie really loves you. And he went, right? Mm. And I'm like, he is in there. I said, Grant, you're gonna be 110%. Like, you are a warrior. You've got this. We're all here. We're all gonna fight. We can totally fix this. You're gonna be better than you were before. And I just decided that was what we were gonna do. You know, John and I looked at each other and went, this is our do-over. Don't you sometimes as a parent wish you could have a do-over? <laughs> Probably daily, <laughs> right? Just You're after like, I say something, could have handled that yeah. one better. Yeah. So I'm like, going, we got, we just got to do over, and mm-hmm. he's going to be 110. percent And you know what? We will all be better for this. And so that was just the premise that we led with. So when we'd hear things like the neurosurgeons saying, oh, "I don't think he'll ever wake up," we're like, oh, "No, pass." And don't say that around him either. You're not allowed to talk like that around my kid. Oh, you. By the way, and this is so important um, for people to understand. Now, I've always been fascinated with the whole coma near death stuff. Didn't really want to do this, get, you know. This, didn't really want to like. To it, yeah. I'd rather watch it in a movie. So, right. um, but Grant actually described what we were wearing in the waiting room during surgery. He said, "You know, when Dad was sitting in there and he was wearing that red shirt." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> what? You know?" And then he described, "I would sit in the ICU because here I am. I've got to make this book go to pay for. I'm the financial support for my family. So if this thing doesn't hit, if you're it doesn't broke, hit, right. I'm broke. And and I know, like last year alone, the non-coverable medical expenses. This is four and a half years out, fifty-five grand. So this is not like uh, it, this. This has to go. Like I'm sitting there going." I'm not leaving and this has to work. So I'm sitting in the ICU. I'm talking to Grant about the book launch, blah, 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 blah. And he says, you know, mom, the gray man came down and he asked me if I wanted to live or die. And I was there with grandpa and it was really nice. You know, you always hear it's so nice over there. And he goes, but I kept hearing your voice and I thought about my family and I told him I'd stay. So you manage your talk around him. Anyone that would come in and say, oh, we're trying to get him to walk again. We don't think he will. I'm like out. You know, right. it's like right. only people. So, who did are you fire your practitioners? Like, as people would come in and have that attitude, you'd just be like, You know what's interesting is I threatened to and I never had to because the minute they saw the difference, like the orthopedic surgeons, he had this crushed heel. And, you know, at first, you're just concerned about the aorta. And then mm-hmm. once the aorta was fixed, it was all about the brain. Mm-hmm. And it's so different, your perspective. I remember when Bryce broke his leg and it was like this big crisis. And now mm-hmm. here's Grant with like rods in his femur and this right. heel that he'd crushed and had a pin sticking out and a big gaping wound. And I'm like, yeah, it's a heel, you know? But it turns out heels are really important in the grand scheme of things. Like after aortas and brains are fixed. Yeah, it's after aortas and brains. Heels are pretty much, you know, Mm. in the orthopedic world, pretty important Uh and hard to fix. Um, And so these orthopedic surgeons come in and they go, you know, we're just trying to see if we can ever get him to walk again. This is a game-changing injury. And I go, you know what? I want you to look at him and tell me if this was Kobe Bryant, what would you do? because I bet that's not what you'd be saying. So if you can't say that, then you are fired. And they're like, (laughs) and I go, and I took them outside and go, moreover, I've got really good insurance. I think I'm probably paying for everybody on this floor because in these county hospitals, you know how that works. I go, so that's not gonna fly with me. They're like, okay. 
and it was just I got the most amazing huh. care with from the most positive people looking to help huh. him be 110 <laughs> percent. Huh? Because I wouldn't accept the. And, the, and the, the sad part is, if you weren't, uh, you know, if you didn't have good insurance, this would be a very different, very different scenario, right? And that's you know, care. you know, I'm not. We'll see how that is because in the Children's Hospital, when we were at the second hospital, Children's Hospital LA, which was just an amazing place, has a McDonald's in it. Not quite sure about that connection. Right. Strange, but it also right. had a Starbucks, so that was a win. Um, <laughs> For mom. Yeah, I mean, that was the one thing. I took amazing care of myself during this whole time. I put my self-care on the top of the list because I went, you know, I'm not going in the ICU sick, so I have to be focused. I, it's like game time. Mm -hmm. I can't be sick. So my mm -hmm. self-care was the priority one grant book, right? Um, and, but I let myself have a hall pass on coffee. I did. Mm -hmm. But at Children's Hospital LA, they take anybody in and they give them you know, amazing care. So I don't actually think Interesting. it, but, I, but where the differentiator is, is I believe you get what you expect. And I just told them what we were expecting to do with Grant. And that was that. So. Interesting. And you control this scenario. You were able to bend the reality around this whole well, thing. Well, I also bent the rules a bit. Did you? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Well, just at the very beginning, um, we had a doc, Dr. Ann Meyer, came in from Cedar sinai She's a, a brain trauma doc over there. And one of the first nights in the hospital, she comes showing up with essential oils. I knew nothing about essential oils. Mm -hmm. You know, I put some mm -hmm. lavender in my bath. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. the extent of it. It was the first time I started to see Grant actively respond, where he was fluttering his eyelids, wiggling his nose, wiggling his toes, and she was explaining all this, and, and she'd come every week and do this. I mean, I hardly knew her when she started showing up. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like so grateful. Um, then we started using progesterone cream, and um, they didn't need to know that, it's cream. Just rubbed it in. We had uh, Dr. Suzanne Bennett was over there doing some, she would come in and she said, I knew you were in the building, I could feel you. I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> Grace Sue was doing acupressure. We just were doing, we were like. Whatever it took. Whatever it took. And then, you know, I knew that fish oil would be helpful. He was on five grams of fish oil prior to the accident, which I think every body needs to be on fish oil because it protects your brain and it's not like we plan to hit our head. I mean, you can mm -hmm. pretty well know you're gonna hit the head if you're doing soccer or volleyball or any of these other mm -hmm. sports, but you know, we don't plan it, so be on fish oil because it protects your brain. Grant was mm. on it before. They would not go past two grams of fish oil because they were afraid you'd bleed out. I'm like, mm -hmm. there's no studies on that. So I had all of the studies from, Barry Sears gave them all to me and I walked in with them and they were like, nope, not doing it. So I just did it behind nice. their backs, right? Nice. I was like, all right, well, this is my kid. <laughs> this is my kid. Uh, you know, I ran into um, Sanjay Gupta in the green room of Access Hollywood and I told him what I'd done and he said, you know, we have parents, because he put us he put us on CNN with this story. He says, I have parents laying down on the hospital floors saying, if you don't do this, you'll have to get security, you have to help my kid. Because there's so many stories now of fish oil helping and it never hurts. Huh. It does not it does not increase bleed times. There's not one bit of evidence to and show now, that. And now the line's broken, like they're they're accepting it or just it's, it's you know, I think this is one that if you push it um, there's okay. been enough. Children's Hospital had him on 20 grams. I walked into that. That was the second hospital we went to, and I said, um, he's on 20 grams of fish oil. And they said, okay, because the charts so are <laughs> two big mm -hmm. chart books. I was like, this mm -hmm. is what he's taking, vitamin D and this and that, and they went, okay. Mm -hmm. But at Harbor, um, he spit up his own feeding tube. This is how stubborn this kid is. He was like pointing to it, and I go, I can't take it out till Monday. There's no one here. And he went, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? There it goes. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then what? Just, and I then want, I want he food. like hacked it up, and John helped him. And then we all we just the first one of the first words he said was disgusting about the hospital food. We did all our own food. I had a Nutribullet in there. I was making shakes, and um, nice. yeah, that was nice. it. And nice once stuff. I could do a smoothie, man, it was game on. How the hell did you keep your head together in all this with these bullets flying? Yeah, <laughs> this is. One of the one of the phrases I love is that habits create structure that gives us freedom. You know, when you look at this, like the one thing we know for sure in life is that stuff's going to happen. Mm. It's going to, you know, I mean, there are going to be big challenges that we face. It's part of life. Prior to this, you know, I'd had, I found out that my dad was dying of cancer, that my son was bipolar, and that my ex-husband was suing me for every bit of the money that I had all at the same time. Mm. Um, and you know, so that's a good week. It's so it, what was good. That was training, right? Mm -hmm. That was so. When you look at it, I'd created habits already that allowed me to get through because this was like, as you can imagine, so frightening on a daily basis. It was so scary. I was saying my son was going to be one hundred and ten percent. Meanwhile, he's staring off into space, vacant, moving an arm back and forth, and we don't know if he'll ever walk. I don't know if he can hear, talk, or anything else. So this is like extreme mindset management. When people ask me how I got through it. You know, at first I was like, oh, I was so healthy. That's, that Basel, helps. That's baseline. That's baseline. Yeah. It was all mindset. It was yeah. mindset of Bryce looking at the doctor and going, we'll take those odds. It was mm. us saying, he's going to be 110%. It was just being able to show up and go, you know, if, if I can't go through that open door, I'll do it this way. Mm. And so it's those things that you do, you know, the, the learning how to lean into fear. It's not about being fearless. We're going to feel fear. Mm. Like, like I'm scared every day. Like mm. every day there's someone like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> especially with all this stuff I'm putting out there. But it's learning to lean into that and build that courage. And over mm. time you build courage, you get resilient. How does one start? Because so many people live back on their heels and fear is just upfront and personal and they just, they can't even see past their fear, their fear of the fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I had this mentor, you know, I've been known for the, for nutrition and fitness. I'd been doing it for 30 years, but in my twenties, I had a personal training client who was a big mindset coach. And she basically took me under her wing. She was going to teach me how to do this business, but she kept doing it by teaching mindset. And remember at the time I was like, just teach me the business. You mm -hmm. know, I want to learn how to market and sell and close. And she kept teaching me mindset stuff. And all of that was the stuff that just became so much a part of me. But one of the things she started me with that I, I do every single day that saved me. If I had to credit like one thing that saved me through this whole thing, I get up every single morning, I take out a journal, a physical journal and a pen, and I write down at least three things I'm grateful for mm. every single day. And you know what, when you are scared, the fastest way to push fear out is to put gratitude in. Mm. Like I think so often we try to say, I'm not going to feel that. Well, you are going to feel these things. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Fear doesn't last long. Like our buddy, Dr. Joan Rosenberg teaches, I have an academy and she teaches how to lean into fear because it basically is a 90 second emotion. Mm. But one of the things that you can do to help you ride through it is just do the gratitude thing. So every day, that's what I did. I'd be in the morning, I'd do the gratitude thing. It was like, okay, mm. you know, I can do this. That's how I got through it. And then at the end of the day, uh, and this was a big one for me. I think we have a tendency, I know I do. I, I tend to get totally anxious and panicked because I'm always thinking out there. Mm. You know, I'm out on the horizon instead of being present. 
And when you're going through something like this, you have to be totally present. And I was looking because I'm like, okay, we're going to get him to 110%, 1% at a time, right? Mm -hmm. And so like when Dr. Meyer brought in the essential oils, I was like, okay, he fluttered his eyelids when he grabbed my hand and lifted it up. Okay. So I was looking for every little win. And that's another thing that I do every night. Tim and I do that every night. Like what were the wins for the day? And you know, this is a great thing to do with kids because it teaches them how to frame things. So you just framed your day. You started out in gratitude. You ended with your little wins. Huge. I mean, little wins might be, you know, I, I read a chapter of this book. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be big stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I avoided pumpkin pie. Exactly. Big win. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so learning this and framing it, I'm I'm very interested in setting the, the, the table on this. You start your day with gratitude and you end the day with kind of just kind of put a cherry on top and be Mm -hmm. like, what did I do? After a few iterations of this, what is happening to the mindset? What is starting to happen that makes you have a different operating system? You know, what's incredible is, um, so, so many of these things, and what's cool is there's science now, like if you look, there's science behind resilience, gratitude, forgiveness, that was mm. another big one that I put into play. Um, but I didn't know it at the time. Mm. So what I just knew was that it was worked for me. So I went and tested it out with 150 people. And, and it was interesting because I queried my community last year and I said, like, if you're not where you want to be with your health or you've gained the weight back, like what's going on? And mm-hmm. I fully expected Pedram that they'd go, oh, I, you know, I can't give up my sugar, right? Mm-hmm. Or I ate the pie or whatever mm-hmm. their thing is. I don't have time. I can't afford to eat healthy. You know, all the stuff that we hear mm-hmm. that are the, so I don't have tos. I call it the, so I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't the reason they said, I don't feel worthy. I'm not good enough. And so these things all start to make that shift very quickly. Because I believe you get what you expect. And the more that you put this out there, like I have right now the Miracle Mindset book, you know, number one, New York Times bestseller, a million copies sold, the kind of impact I want to have. I have it all over the house Mm. because those things start to make it real. It's like your brain can't differentiate. So if you're starting that way, it's keeping you positive. Mm. And when you're thinking of possibility and positive, it completely shifts you. I've seen it shift people in a week. Hmm. Like that fast like all of a sudden and it was interesting because a lot of the people who first came into this were my health people who got to the next level in their health got out of a rut a lot of them were like just kind of stuck which is what I hear from I'm just feeling stuck and it wasn't by trying a new diet right Mm. it was by up leveling your mindset because if you think about it you're never going to outgrow that wherever you think you should be is exactly where you're going to be right Right. And you see that with people like they get they make a lot of money like they won the lottery and then they come back and it's gone. Gone. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they're still where they where they started. So you have all this bad news and you have a good news filter as you're sitting there in the hospital. So the ortho is saying no way the kid's not going to walk. You're lucky if da da da. And so you now have a way to, to kind of digest information in relation to this operating system in a way too. Right. Because now you have this outlook and you're yeah. like, no, I don't want that for my kid. So that I don't even accept that. I reality. can't even hear it because, you know, yeah. to me, if I started to believe that it would happen. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when they said there was a 0.25% chance of him making it, I didn't think about 99.75. I was like, no, don't, I don't want to hear that. Right. Because it's like if you let any of it in, it was going to happen. You'll, you'll help create it. So that right there is a really powerful metaphysical like truth. 
is the, the thing that you want to manifest is what you focus on and you stay focused on that and you stay there. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's resilience, there's force, there's power. Um, and a lot of people probably are thinking, yo, lady, you're crazy, that's unrealistic. And so there's- It doesn't even exist, there's no 110%. Right. That's how crazy it is. Right. And you know what? He's actually there now. Mm. But you know, think about these lines. I love the line, your limitations will be your life. Mm. But it's also your tolerations you become your tolerations, you know? So mm. those things you're, you tolerate, oh, okay, I'll just settle for this. That's, mm. that's who you are, that's who you mm. become. So if I just decided, gosh, I just want him to be alive, and there were times in there. I mean, this is, this is you know, the whole time was scary. It was one big mindset management. It's been scary ever since. You know, 25% of people who have brain injuries try to kill themselves. They're suicidal. Mm -hmm. My son's one of them. You know, you have that level of brain injury. It's depression, anxiety. It's you're socially isolated. So you're not out. You're <clears> always. <throat> you're always. But you know, we're never out. None right. of us are. You Life know? means you're in. You yeah. know, we are all in. So mm -hmm. it's like so trying to shy away and go. I just can't handle that stuff because I've had people say I could never do that. I go, well, you have to do it. Early on, mm -hmm. when my son got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I went to a therapist and I and he's telling me what I need to do and I'm like. I'm not strong enough to handle this. And he goes, well, you better make yourself stronger because this is what you're facing. I'm like, ah. Oh, Deal, sister. Yeah. Got it. You know, it's, uh. it's uh, that first mentor said, don't wish it was easier, make yourself stronger. And I'm like, got it. And that's the big thing. It's like, sure, you can shy away from these little challenges because you think you're afraid, but when the big challenge comes, you're drowning. Don't wish it was easier, just make yourself stronger. That is, you know, that is such sage wisdom right there. Uh, and you have to embody it. That's, that's the hardest part, right? It's one thing that like read metaphysical books. It's yeah. read to, it's, we all read self-help crap. But when, you know, the bullets <laughs> are flying, everyone's panicking. Exactly. Right? And, and you said an important thing. You know, we all read self-help crap. <laughs> right, it's true. It's all But it's place. true. So, and you know what? I am a super left brain person, as you know. And mm -hmm. everything to me has to be frameworked. I have to be able to prove it. And so when, when I was looking at this whole thing, I go, there's, you know, I don't need to write a memoir. Like, who cares what I did? Mm. Unless those, that specific story has lessons that are so universal and I can show people how to get into action so it will impact their life. So mm. they'll get unstuck, so they can handle stuff, so they can mm. show up bigger in their life. And it turns out that like, there are simple lessons, like leaning into the fear and riding that 90 second wave, you know, like starting in gratitude. There's a very specific way to do forgiveness that totally sets you free. And you can learn these things and they're quick mm -hmm. and they're life changing. Because reading something doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. Doing changes. Mm. I think that that right there is like a critique of the consumption culture that we live in too. It's like, oh, well now I could speed read. So I had, you know, 15 <laughs> self-help books I didn't pay attention to this exactly. week, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't matter, right? You got to stay with it. And so you, the three things that you mentioned are all now evidence-based science. And so, you know, I come from the school of old. I did a bunch of stuff with Buddhists and Taoists and like, so I studied this stuff. And so now this stuff is being studied all around. And so it's like, oh, it turns out prayer is good for you. It turns out gratitude is good for you. And it's, and it's really come full circle. I mean, yeah. we're, we're at a place right now where we understand that this is, this is science. It works. And so you've incorporated that before this happened. And you've been looking at that since, I'm assuming. So like what in there, like what, you, you have like a magic formula that worked for you. What parts are also universal? What parts, because people are like, well, you know, JJ's so strong. I wish, <coughs> JJ I wish was scared I... to death. Right. <laughs> JJ was scared to death. And you know, I sought out to go, all right, will this, will this work? Can I teach this? Mm. 
And that's what I always look for. Like with anything that I do, I'm like, I, I, look, at, I look at what's actionable, the science behind it. But you know, there's a lot of things that there's science behind. It's like you go to try to use it and it doesn't work, right? You're like, well, that was great, but that didn't totally. work. So to me, I've got to make sure it actually works and that people can put this into their life. Mm. It's one of the challenges I have with a lot of different um, personal development stuff. I'm like, but I don't have an hour a day to do that. Right. Like I got a minute. Give right. me something I can do in a minute, in five minutes, in 10 minutes, mm -hmm. I'm down. But if you tell me I'm gonna spend an hour, I'm not even gonna get started. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, we're all too busy. So that's what I was looking at is like, all right, what are the key issues? And then again, that's why I took this focus group and went, took them through it. And I said, I don't know if this is gonna work. We're gonna mm -hmm. co-create this. And I'm scared to death. I was just been like, okay, I'm just be out there that I'm actually scared. People are like, you? <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. uh-huh. Um, I know I look like a tough girl, but you know, I'm scared every day. And, and actually, I know that when I'm not, that I am playing small. Hmm. And I think it's a reframe because we have this whole thing that fear is bad. What if fear is good? Hmm. You're on the edge of growth. And what if, like I can't think of one situation that where I had the most perfect, beautiful experience and I learned and grew, ever. Hmm. Can you think of like, hmm. gosh, that was just a beautiful experience and hmm. I learned so much. Hmm. Nope. nope. <laughs> No. So I also can't think of anything I've ever done perfectly. Ever. ever you know? Ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Yeah. So, you know, I think these are all, I've got a very specific story and it's kind of like an extreme story. It's just like what I did to stay healthy in the hospital. I look at go, you know, I had this plan for how I stayed healthy in the hospital. So clearly it'll work for everybody else because that's the hardest place to do it. Yeah. You know, least healthy place on the planet, the hospital. But this, I go, yes, a specific story, extreme situation. So the things that I used that now I find out are backed by science, just like all the stuff that you've been using and they've been doing for centuries, it's like, oh, there's science behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, these are all things that we can all learn and use and then change our life with. And that's what's so cool about mm -hmm. it. That's, that's why I went, you know, this has been two years of just a painful process mm -hmm. to do. I've been like, what, what was, why did I do this? Why am I thinking? But then, but then I took people through this training and I went, that's why I did it. There's also, I mean, this, this really interesting thing that's happening with you, and I've known you for a while now, and I've known you pre this and post yeah. this, right? I mean, we've, we've, we've been around. And you, you know, you've softened as a person as well. I mean, you're a go-getter, you've always been a go-getter, but like, you, you've been able to relax into things uh, in a way that's, that's very different. It's like once you're kind of on the bleeding edge of chaos, like I see this with GIs, I see this with like MMA fighters, it's like, wow, that guy's a beast in, in the ring, and he's like the nicest guy to hang out with. Like it, it does this thing where it like yeah. extends your range and it shows you what you're capable of. And like you don't sweat the small stuff as much either, right? And it really, it's like you don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. I'm right. looking at people going, you know, as you do this, it's the best way to explain it is we all have our comfort zone. Mm. And I think of this with my 19 year old now, Bryce, who we were talking about earlier. So we all have our comfort zone and that's really what we think we are able to tolerate. And every day, if you can just push it a little bit, because you never shrink back. Mm. Every time your comfort zone expands, that's it, it stays there. Mm. You don't go back. Once you know you can accomplish something, then you go to the next. So you think about Bryce, who at 15 walks up to his brother on a ventilator, you know, with road rash all down and with bones sticking out and goes, dude, you look really ugly right now, but if anyone can pull through this, you can. You are one tough guy. I'm like, and then comes over, hugs me, because I'm freaking out, hugs, <laughs> hugs John, and then goes home and says, you know what, I'm gonna stay here, I'm gonna go to school tomorrow, 
and goes to school on his own and goes through his like you know wow. I'm like who are you but wow. <laughs> but how do you rattle a kid like that at this point think about how his yeah. stress tolerance his resilience his comfort zone has expanded yeah. right and so I think a big lesson here is when you are up against a scary situation and you have that you can either lean into it or run from it mm. you can never really run from it mm. You've got to lean into it. We have a culture of running from it, though, right? Like, the cops are going to protect me. The, the doctor's going to take care of me. Like, if you let the doctors do what they wanted to do that day, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't have a son. No, I wouldn't have a son because right. they told me very specifically to let him go. It was the silliest thing. I'm listening to this, and my Spock brain's going, but he's going to die here. Like, you just told me he was going to die here within the next 24 hours, so why wouldn't we airlift him? You know, the only reason I saw not to airlift him, and I went outside and I had what um, the guy who founded Hoffman goes, you had a divine hit. Did you know that? I'm like, no, you know, because I've never had any of these things before. <laughs> so right. I'll take your word for it. It was really normal you know, until today. Right? Like, you know, I was like kind of going along, sort of kind of shut down over there. I walk outside and I'm like, what would Grant want? Because that was my big question mm. as a mom was, you know, hey, we can airlift him. But what if we airlift him and he survives the surgery and we've tr- we've got... Uh, you know, vegetable. Right. So what would Grant want? And that's what I went outside. And I'm like outside and it's full moon and I'm standing there being totally present. I go, what would Grant want? And I just got that hit. I'm like, that hit is you fight for him. I'm like, that's it. Went inside, like, you know, game No, on. no, no, this is what we're doing. That's, this is it. That's what it yeah. is. And it's like, I am fighting. It was very strange. Um, I had another client. And it's so interesting when you go through a situation like this because, again, I'm very science-oriented, very left brain. All of a sudden, you're like, sure, send me holy water. Yes, pray for me. Yes, you know, <laughs> I'm like, Wave a chicken. yes, yeah. yes, exactly. I'm like, yes, <laughs> totally. I'll take it all. Yes, I will. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I had energy healers calling me in the morning. As I was driving to see him, they tell me what was going on with him. They, like, blow things through the phone. I'm like, cool. You know, sure. everything, everything was great um (laughs) (laughs) i'll take it yeah (laughs) yeah it's not look when you're on the bleeding edge was it i think shrini shrini said this um uh neuroscientist from harvard neurons perform best on the on the kind of edge of chaos right well shrini would know shrini would know right (laughs) he's a genius guy he's just you know eccentric and genius and all of it at the edge of chaos there's genius. And so at the edge of chaos, you found your strength, you found your well, resilience. I think that's the whole thing with being challenged, is that we are never better than when we're challenged. And what was really interesting is Grant, as he's come out of this, as you can imagine as a parent, you know, we, we bring him home early. We just mm. said, you know what, I think he can do this better at home. We'll set him up. And even things like crossing the street, I'm like jumping him, you know, I'm like, no, back off. And, uh, you know, as he's going through this, he goes, mom, you know, th- things were hard. He can't remember things. You know, I said, use your phone. This is your hard drive now. Your phone's mm. your hard drive. And he's like, can't you just help me with this? I go, no, this is going to be hard. And you are strong. And you're going to step up and you can do this. I go, it's not going to get easy for you. Uh-huh. And he's like, and the minute I shifted, because at first I was like, I'll take care of you. And like, mm. you know, baby, 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 baby. Yeah. And that was not working at all. He was getting depressed and dark and down. And the minute I was like, no, you have to step up. Enough. And he huh. was like, okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. And it's a lesson. I, I kind of looked at this whole thing and go, this is a parenting lesson. You know, for all of this, we've created these entitled kids. You know, yeah. they need to learn the, the consequences. They need to learn how to step up. We need to be challenged. We were challenged growing up. Yeah. Tons. Yeah. And it's changed a lot. And you could see it reflecting in the world. 
right? Generation after generation, the work ethic is going down. Mm -hmm. It's becoming a very difficult world to parent in because you know you just the nor the new norm is just you know let them moan. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not that's not how you know a resilient mm -mm. human is going to. No, that's the whole. Uh, Carol Dweck described this at Stanford. This there's a fixed mindset and the growth mindset. Which to me, that's the growth mindset is the idea that your mindset's a muscle and you can develop it, which means you better be because if you're not, guess what it's doing? Mm -hmm. It's shrinking. But mm -hmm. the fixed mindset is the victim. It happens to me. Wine, wine, wine. Mm. You know, and it's like, ugh, yeah. you know, don't raise those kids. People are. So if you're not in an us. environment, not us, right? <laughs> but so if you're in an environment where you're like, oh shit, I think I might have just done that. Or, you know, oh, I looked back I and went, oh, oopsies, you know, I might have, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, all so, right, so kids, then what I'm do I do? I'm taking it all away and you're going to go out into the, the backyard and camp. Yeah, and for yourself. Uh, today we hiked 40 miles, <laughs> suck it up, right? Well, that's, I used to do that with my, I used to own a summer camp before I decided to like go into healthcare and um, these kids, I'd just be like, I don't care what the doctor labeled you as, like today we're, we're climbing up that mountain, suck it up, right? And, and it's just like, of course they could do it. Yeah. Your bipedal animal that used to do this for you know hundreds of miles a week, and now suddenly it's like you know walking is now yeah. called hiking, right? <laughs> hiking is just no, walking hiking here. Hiking is up here, <laughs> right? But it's here. Know, Let's just go. Get in it. The Alps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's so much in the movie that um, is. Uh, just I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. Your movie is coming out soon. Uh, we're gonna share a link to it. So um, yeah, you were like one of the big inspirations on this movie. I, there were several times over the last year that I didn't really like you much. I must say, <laughs> I, was I like, never said it was easy. I said it was good bedroom. for you. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been working I've been working on a movie for a year and a half, and everyone's like, "Let me see it." I'm like, "Let me fucking see it." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you'll see it when I see it. You'll see it when I see it. Yeah. And then you see the first one, you're like, that's not what I was thinking it was going to be. You know? yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, there's color correction, there's sound, there's this, no, there's that. It's like it takes like a while to yeah, gosh. hatch that egg. But uh, you've done a really, really good job. Um, it's a beautiful film, um, and it's coupled by an amazing book. Um, and you, it's, it looks so pretty here. Isn't thank The miracle you. mindset. That's the soft JJ. That's the soft JJ. Yeah. Well, it's the new and improved JJ. That was funny because right? my my editor's like, we want a soft picture of you because all my pictures are like, oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> look at my arms. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I was joking that I'm an arm wrestler here, but I'm not because she might beat me. <laughs> right. But that's the JJ I knew. Right. It's just like just strong. Who, who actually I won in in uh, Sacramento. I beat the guy at Oktoberfest in arm wrestling. That is so gangster. I know. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. You are stronger than you think. You are stronger than you think. Yeah, and, and so like your whole thing has been getting your clarity on your diet and and really being the, the the person that says say no to these foods that you're allergic to and all this. And now you've like crossed over into this thing where it's like all these universal principles that you had to deal with. In I, I mean, this was I'm not gonna again I'm not gonna spoil the movie. There was a period of your life where a lot of amazing things happened and it really brought out the best in you. Um, and you know, there was only a couple, there was two directions to go in this. Yeah. Right? And the other one's not acceptable. No, no. And that's anyone would make this choice. But I was fortunate that I had all of this in me already. And that's, that's the real point. Like I'm going to go back because I'm a nutrition and fitness gal too. This is a muscle. Use mm. it or lose it. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't say, you know, I think I'm going to run a marathon. I'll go tomorrow. <laughs> 
and just go right, run the LA right. Marathon. What's, what's you know, the problem? Now, I don't know why is, I'm so slow. Gosh, there's nothing more important to train than your mindset because it's going to impact your relationships, your finances, your career, your health, every single thing. Mm. And yet, we don't have any way to quantify it. We don't have any exercises to train it. So that's what I was like. I can put this together. So I actually created a scorecard so you could assess your mindset and all the different attributes of it. And then I created the training so you could actually train your mindset and really simple little short, fast things that work, right? Mm. Because to me, like if it's going to take a lot of time, I'm not doing it. And I'm sure most, you know, like most people don't need to be busier. Right. So most people right. are already overwhelmed. So it's, it's what you need to do to help them cut through the overwhelm. But you know, when you really look at it, it's nutrition, fitness, mindset. And I think you'd agree, like they're all those pillars that you have to have to be truly healthy out in the world. And a lot of this, I actually was incorporating into my programs. It just wasn't obvious mm. because it was so in me. Like I would always start with like, what's your why? What's your purpose behind mm. this? You know, that that's really interesting because you, you had it and the person that you had dealt with, your mentor in this business thing had basically like uploaded it into you and you were running this way anyways and you didn't get it and so it's just like I don't understand like how the hell can you eat bread when you know you're allergic yeah. to gluten right and it's like the, the they, like the mindset piece is I know the glue. it's like just put that cookie down like just put it down yeah you know it's like so I never would thought about like what's the driving force behind it that tells me not to go do that thing but it's kind of like the the fish in in the aquarium right the fish doesn't know he's in water so it's like if you're in the mindset you just you can't yeah. see it right so you have to change the mindset. So that was the great thing because people were like, how did you do this? Hmm. And I actually had, I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> they go, I, I could never have done that. I'm like, you, of course you would have done that. Like it's your kid. Right. And then I thought, I went, well, no, they probably would have listened to that first doctor who was very angry at me. I read the medical report later. It was like, I told them to keep him here. I'm like, yeah, you <laughs> really? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. We tried to get him in the film. He declined. He declined. Yeah. I wonder why. Right. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. The one that got away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So we're running out of time. Uh, I'm going to share links to the movie. Uh, you are stronger than you think. And uh, it is releasing soon. 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 Uh, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to share it. And the book is coming out. Same February twenty first, but we have 21st. a whole like get started creating a miracle mindset package with the book in it. Because I, you know, it's like now that I know that this is something people can learn, I'm like, you know, on, on a fire. mission to get to, yeah. to get everybody doing this. You're on fire. That's what I love about you. Yes, baby. You've always been on fire since I've known you, and now this is really it's like it's taken fire and coupled it with water in a way where like you have this like real like it's it's brought the like mama bear energy and, and it brought it full circle in a way where it's just like you you have this like cohesion in it like this 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 really it's it's really changed a lot of things thank you yeah it's like it's the missing really... piece it is amazing you know we were going to call that book my best worst year but you really look at it <laughs> and uh it, it grant is the best embodiment of this i asked him a couple weeks ago i did an interview with him that actually blew my mind and i taped it because it's for a life training, but I thought, I don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> I'll tape it. Yeah. And so I said, Grant, you know, let's go back four and a half years, and I'm going to put you at the side of the street. And you can cross it or not. And what do you do? Mm. Cross the street and better because of it. Wow. It makes me. Wow. I know. That's a heavy four years, but you know what? That's, that's life's journey. 
it, it kind of like <laughs> you know like Lord of the Rings is this amazing saga of all this shit that these guys go through to like fight evil and then there's this like little story of how movies should have ended and then like they go oh we gotta put this ring in this volcano so they're like call the eagles and the eagles just come <laughs> and they just go drop it in and it's, <laughs> right and, but that's not how life worked right. life is all of these yeah. these turns that you take to learn about yourself and find your strength and so um, I'm, I'm so excited to share this I, I want to thank, thank you, you for being here and um Anytime you're close, you're close. So I want you back. Like, come yeah, hang out with me. Bring the kids. Yeah, I'll bring the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you, you said it. You heard it here. They I'm like my the kids. doggy. They like it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm taking. You're right. He's, he met your doggy. I'm taking my kids to JJ's, and I'm in a Facebook live, <laughs> <laughs> which she says when my kids are tearing apart her house. Awesome. I will see you next time. I'll put links in. Uh, excuse me. I'll put links in as soon as the movie is ready to share, and we're ready to go.